Want access to richer content and exclusive analysis on the business of sport? Sports Pro Plus is used by experts across the industry to make informed decisions, with two membership tiers offering access to original content, exclusive reports, and a suite of business intelligence tools. Become a member today at sportspromedia.com forward slash subscribe and use the code FCPOD10. That's FCPOD10 at checkout for a 10% discount. The Football Co. Business Podcast. The most creative minds and innovative thinkers in football. Hello and welcome to the Football Co. Business Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Manby, and on this show I'm talking to Per Naubert, Chief Marketing Officer for Bundesliga International, responsible for connecting and inspiring football fans around the globe under the Bundesliga banner. Pear leads the development and execution of the DFL's international marketing strategy and selected target markets, driving reach and engagement for Germany's top two professional football leagues and delivering fan experiences abroad through localized marketing, digital and communication activities. We're going to be discussing how the Bundesliga grows its fan base around the world and how in an age of player-obsessed fans, leagues and indeed clubs can still resonate and inspire loyalty. Pear, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Alex. Pleased uh, you're having me. So, Pear, I want to talk about why be a fan of the Bundesliga. And it's self-evident why football fans in Germany would choose to be fans of the league and indeed its teams. It's the most visible league. It's on TV all the time. It has the lion's share of media attention. Uh, you can go to the match without leaving your country, etc., etc. But can you give me the elevator pitch of why fans abroad should become fans of the league? Absolutely. So... The Bundesliga stands for football is meant to be, which means pure, authentic, raw, real football, which uh, I think is already quite unique. But what, what is actually behind that? If you look at uh, what's behind that, it's uh, A, world-class players, like, you know, stars like Jude Bellingham, Jamal Musiala, Florian Wirtz or Alfonso Davis, you know, from all across the globe. But there are also lots of young talents getting their chance to shine. You know, people or players like Josko Guardiol, Yusufa Mukuku, Jasper Lindstrom, Jeremy Frimpong all have made their mark already. But, um, I mean, speaking about players, and we get back to that later, they all have their time and, uh, you know, uh, sometimes, you know, uh, or even a player lifetime value uh, expires at a certain time. But the unrivaled football culture in Germany is something which is truly unique and uh, is um, the one of the major uh, reasons why fans do follow Bundesliga or will or should follow Bundesliga. If you look at the clubs, you know, uh, very unique clubs, all with a huge tradition in German society, uh, deeply rooted in their society since most of them are not only football clubs and do, 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 usually not only have a, a Bundesliga team, but usually also have youth teams, kids teams, uh, women's teams, but also usually offer other sports such as I don't know, even tennis, swimming, kingpin, bowling, whatever it is, like, you know, the, the average club has more than 20 different sports they offer to the local communities. But then, in addition to the clubs, there's uh, the, the amazing and incredible um, stadium atmosphere. You know, sold out stadia everywhere. Uh, we have the highest number of average spectators uh, per match day across all global football leagues and are the number two behind the NFL in terms of all sports leagues. And I guess everybody who's more or less familiar with the with, with football in general knows the yellow wall in Dortmund, which is the, the, the biggest standing uh, stand uh, in Europe, which is just amazing even to, to experience, uh, be it in front of the TV or even in real life. 
And then last but not least, but also part of the great uh, football culture is the magic typhus from passionate fans, Capus. And, uh, you know, the, just the atmosphere which you can soak in when you watch uh, Bundesliga, be it in front of your TV, on your device, or even consume Bundesliga uh, in one of our social media channels or digital offerings. Per, there's a lot of information in there, and that's uh, that's great. And I want to get into lots of that. I think you've given the idea there of why fans should follow the Bundesliga. Does your data bear that out when you look at fans abroad? And I mean, why they're following the Bundesliga? Is it for any one of those reasons in particular? Is there one thing which you think really resonates? Uh, not only one, even more than that. Um, I think the, the the things which are resonating most, A, the player appeal. Uh, if you if you look at markets like, for example, Japan, they have a very high national pride in terms of their national players. So if you look at the top 10 ranked most popular players in Japan, ranking eight, uh, one to eight Japanese players, then no other name than Japanese. Uh, eight, nine and 10 are, you know, players like Messi, Ronaldo, etc. So that they can sense that their uh, national players are, are uh, where people are also going and watch. And this is exactly what we can see, for example, from Japan, because um, Bundesliga is the league with uh, most Japanese or even Asian players uh, than compared to all the other four top leagues uh, combined. And this is why, you know, people from Japan, from Asia are following uh, intensely the Bundesliga because this is where they can see their hometown talent grow. But in addition to that, it's not only about the players, it's also about the atmosphere or the, the let's say, the football culture I was speaking to earlier. And um, this is also what resonating heavily in, in terms of uh, global fan, global fans and fan uh, followership, because we can see since we started our marketing activities and telling our stories of football is meant to be, we are by far the most or the fastest growing league of all uh, European top flights, which means we are coming from a different level, absolutely. But in terms of or the relative uh, growth is much higher than all the others and That seems like once we started to inform people and, and, and to, to, let's say, to tell our story, people immediate, immediately pick it up and uh, understand the, uh, the fascination of the Bundesliga and uh, create a certain enthusiasm and, and following. One of the things that I think is unique and really noteworthy about the Bundesliga is the fan ownership model. Can you briefly outline what that consists of for anyone who isn't aware of how it works? Now it's getting uh, German technical. Um, we call it the 50 plus one rule. And that basically says that fans owning the clubs. And if there's an investor or someone or institution wants to buy a club, you cannot buy more than 49% of the shares. And uh, the fans will always retain the majority voting rights of uh, of a club there are three exceptions uh, just you know coming from the past but all in all and we just you know even uh, fixed uh, the future for this 50 plus one rule even in the future fans will play the most important role when it comes to decision making processes in german football it has kind of a basic democratic uh, appeal and this is also something which you know plays into our football is meant to be idea and making fans being the center of everything what we do and um, uh, yeah, trying to, to create a, a high fan centricity uh, also compared to other sports leagues. How much do you lean into that as CMO? To what extent do you take pride into it in the model and use it as a key differentiator between the Bundesliga and other European leagues? And second question, do you think it lands with foreign fans 
who are increasingly notoriously keen on just watching the players, the superstars, and you know, do they care about this? Because it's very laudable, it's very impressive, and I, I think a lot of people would say that's great, but does it land to the extent that you might hope it would? Uh, frankly, we do not play the 50 plus one rule card uh, even over the other uh, reasons why you should follow Bundesliga because it's just one part of our of our uh, unique story, but it's not the most uh, relevant one. I think the most relevant one is pretty much, you know, the, the, the local stars, the local heroes. This is what resonates to the fans and uh, the football culture in general, which uh, gives people an idea of what European f uh, football looks like and uh, what, uh, let's say, authentic football, uh, as it should be, looks like at the moment. Because even for people, like taking the UK as an example, for, for many people in the UK, it's even cheaper to uh, enter or to jump on a low-cost carrier, going over to Berlin or Dortmund, you name it, uh, buying tickets, buying some beers and a bratwurst, and maybe even staying overnight and going back uh, the next day is still you know, way cheaper than going to the stadium with your family uh, in, in London or somewhere else. And this is what makes Bundesliga so special and all those stories around that because everybody's welcome and everybody can afford to uh, go to a German stadium. And it's not only uh, reserved to a certain level of uh, uh, social income. And that would be something that the fans would set. Is that right? It's because of the fan ownership model, the prices are set at a reasonable rate and people can afford to go to the game. There is that set link there. That's not the only reason, but obviously th there is a link, yes. Uh, but we understand that... The Bundesliga ecosystem understands that fans are the reason why we're here and that they play the most important part. And this is why we keep them, you know, and, and we keep them an integral part of the overall uh, fascination and, and uh, uh, let's say, the general experience. A couple more questions, or maybe just one on this um, fan obsession with players. We, there's a lot of research out there. I think it's globally true that young fans in particular, Gen Z, are following players more than teams. I was looking at the list of most followed Instagram accounts recently, and you have three players before you get to the first team. So it's obviously it's Messi, Neymar, and Ronaldo. Is that a threat for the Bundesliga? It seems to me that Bundesliga clubs represent almost the opposite to this, that no player should be a superstar, or at least that no player should be bigger than a club. I mean, I can't speak for the clubs or on behalf of the clubs, but the general attitude, I think, within the Bundesliga is exactly that. I think there's no player bigger than a club, and uh, the Bundesliga clubs also keep or try to keep that that idea alive by, um, you know, obviously f setting up their own social and digital offerings uh, and um, trying to uh, create uh, the most compelling content there as as we do. But we try, oh, let's say, as an ecosystem. For us, it's important not to heavily rely on one or two players, but uh, to create an offering, an experience for all players, uh, sorry, for all fans across the globe, um, which is uh, kind of balanced and not just, you know, built upon one or two or three protagonists. Do you separate that when you think about different demographics, particularly different age groups? Every sports organization, every organization in the world, every brand in the world wants to appeal to young fans. If you engender loyalty at a young age, You know, that's 50 years of loyalty that you can rely on. What's the Bundesliga doing to bring in young fans outside of Germany? First, when we start with Germany, obviously, you know, ticket prices are quite low so that even uh, young people can come to the stadium as, as early as possible. Have lots of, you know, every stadium has a family block so that, uh, you know, um, parents can bring uh, their children early on. And then 
in terms of our, let's say, general offering uh, from the clubs as well as from the league uh, for uh, fans across the globe, it's uh, very um, Gen Z, Gen Alpha oriented. So we try to uh, focus all our social handles and, and the digital uh, channels. We try to keep the or to, to create the content as much uh, focused on those kind of young target groups. Uh, we have set up our own, you know, kids apps. We are on all relevant uh, uh, channels and even try um, a lot with our media partners to create kids or Gen Z, Gen Alpha uh, focused uh, uh, offerings. For example, the last time we did a couple of match days ago together with our German media partner Sky uh, to create something which uh, resonated heavily to, uh, to kids. But uh, even, you know, outside the match days, we're working a lot with um, third parties, be it, you know, individuals like influencers, one of our key elements in our digital marketing strategy, because that's where the kids are looking at. Uh, what the kids looking at and then where they go in order to understand what you know their idols are following uh, but even uh, more so we're also working with uh, digital platforms such as you know for the three football co or others where we know that the target group of football fans and young football fans are and try to tell our story there and bring our narrative across uh, and uh, try to share as much relevant content as possible in order to convince people that the Bundesliga has something very unique and uh, is a place where you can uh, consume uh, real authentic football. Per, you mentioned marketing to fans abroad. You're obviously uh, heavily involved in that. Which are the key markets for the Bundesliga in terms of attracting new fans? Um, I think it's not coming as a surprise when I say that um, we are looking at the, let's say, major economies out there such as, for example, the, the US, China, India, but also in the uh, upcoming and growing markets, such, such as Southeast Asia, Africa, Middle East, North Africa, and uh, LATAM as well, and, uh, and also a couple of uh, markets in, in, in uh, Europe, which pretty much covers you know, the, the whole world. But obviously, we have identified 14 uh, uh, target markets across the globe uh, where we are uh, very active in order to uh, tell our story. And uh, those markets... You know, the, the, the situation in those markets and, and, and the followership and the growth we can see is, uh, as I said before, um, proving us that we are doing the right thing because we are the fastest growing league uh, of all European top flights. Do you work together with Bundesliga clubs on any strategic initiatives? And the reason I ask is, at Football Club, we've uh, got a long-term relationship with uh, Borussia Dortmund in Southeast Asia, um, which is a key a region for them. And, and we've also worked fairly closely with FC Bayern on a LATAM expansion plan, which uh, was led out of their New York office, which obviously they set up recently. Do you then um, come up with combined initiatives with them? Is there a collaboration, whether it's about insight or shared resources, or do you kind of think these are two complementary things? Good luck to you guys. We're going to do our own thing. Not at all. Uh, we believe in the power of collaboration. I think we, we couldn't survive as an organization without the clubs because um, I think the, the, the Bundesliga logo is highly relevant, but much more relevant are the club logos. And this is why people are following the Bundesliga because they are a fan or a follower of a certain club. And we perceive ourselves as a platform where we try to make as many clubs shine uh, or we bring them to the party and make them shine as much as they can. In Already back in 2013, we invented something we call the rate card. It's a financial supporting system with which we support clubs uh, when they go abroad and that we uh, financially contribute to their activities. 
Um, and that's not just, you know, only a financial contribution, but we also have helped them strategically where to go, what to do, what to achieve, uh, what kind of activities to be done. And in order to get, you know, financial funding, they must uh, submit uh, a reporting, which is quite detailed so that we make sure that we, um, that we help our clubs to um, not only tailor-made their activities, but also to deliver what helps us in terms of brand building and shifting as many people as possible through the funnel from football interested up to an avid Bundesliga fan. But, I mean, that's the financial part. Uh, but we are also working, for example, in a kind of a triangle with some of our media partners globally uh, and our clubs uh, to, to build our brand. And, for example, last year in, in, uh, in uh, Japan, uh, we had Eintracht Frankfurt uh, playing a couple of games there. And uh, we were helping or we were uh, making this uh, possible for facilitating together with the, with the club and our partner uh, in, in a very close um, uh, way of collaboration. Then when we speak about uh, activities, um, together with our clubs, we are conducting more, by far more than 600 marketing activities per season across the globe. And when there are lighthouse uh, games coming up, then uh, we are usually setting up, you know, joint uh, fixes with the clubs in order to understand what they plan to do, what we should plan to do, and then uh, create a joint marketing or a joint activity plan in order to make sure that there are no redundancies or that we have, um, you know, in, in all relevant markets enough activities in order to uh, tell the, the story of this uh, specific Lighthouse event. Could you share one or two examples of, you know, the biggest, the best um, events that you've done, whether in collaboration with the club or not, uh, in order to attract international fans, perhaps Japan. You mentioned Japan earlier, and you know, if you want to do another market, that's absolutely fine. But it's a fascinating market, isn't it? Because it's a, it, you know, it is a unique culture. Whenever we work in Japan, we have to be aware that we have to do things in a way that will appeal to the Japanese audience, and we have to respect their digital consumption habits. And yet, at the same time, there is this incredible level of interest that they have in their compatriots abroad and and of course as you said there's so many the japan the japan uh team at the world cup basically felt like a bundesliga team it's uh, the bundesliga obviously contributed far more players to that team than, than anywhere else so uh, bundesliga yeah team, interested to- the bundesliga team trying to dismiss the the german national team well there you go exactly uh, that was uh, you know playing in the same group that was an in- interesting matchup so is there anything you've done in japan that um sort of ticks those boxes a lot. I mean, looking at the uh, Japanese market, um, for us, it's kind of a comprehensive uh, approach, building on this, you know, huge player interest and um, the, the storyline. Uh, we have, you know, all the localized social media feeds you need, providing the latest information uh, for Japanese fans. We're working closely with the broadcaster SPTV uh, on locally relevant content. Uh, we also have a couple of uh, Japanese uh, influencers we are working uh, with. And uh, we are also helping our um, media partner, for example, to uh, uh, always improve their media offering. And just uh, just recently, uh, we launched the interactive feed together with SPTV so that fans can create their own broadcast experience by selecting the matches that they matter to them. It's pretty much kind of a whipping around system where you can really, you know, customize the, the way you want to look and you want to watch at Bundesliga games, you know, trying to get as many stats in as you want or even uh, uh, graphics, um, it's, it's, it's a highly customized football experience, very unique. And there you can even follow your favorite uh, favorite Japanese player and receive tailor-made highlights pushed to them, or pushed to the fans throughout the Saturday afternoon conference. But uh, even more so, we are working a lot um, with um, Japanese institutions to get our story across, but also to help to uh, improve the local grassroots and, and, and football development system. 
and do a couple of uh, fan events, be it watch parties or Bundesliga experiences, something we, we usually conduct once a year or twice a year where we bring in all the uh, activities we offer uh, for fans or to fans uh, to consume and to experience Bundesliga uh, during one week at one place and uh, you know bring in trophies and five side pitches and youth coaches and the mascots and and, and, and virtual reality experience etc cetera, etc cetera. all topped by the legends a uh, uh, legend network a global net legend network with which we work and then try to uh, get um, yeah uh, all the stories across which are relevant to the market so speaking of about uh, speaking of japan it's pretty much kind of a comprehensive approach something i would like to highlight in terms of single events or single uh, activities uh, you were asking for alex is Uh, something we um, launched just this season, uh, something we call Bundesliga Common Ground. Bundesliga Common Ground approach is an idea of bringing football as meant to be to life in reality. Because uh, since we stand for real, authentic, raw, pure football, we want to make sure that you know young people can enjoy football uh, themselves. And therefore, we decided to uh, go into uh, regions which maybe are not... A socially inferior situation as maybe other reasons, regions and uh, help kids and, and young people there to uh, spend their time on a football pitch by renovating, you know, old and dated and broken pitches, five-a-side pitches and, you know, paint them and, and, and um, design them in our, let's say, in the Bundesliga look and feel based or inspired by the local or by the national flag colors. And usually we try to work together with our local legends in order to make them kind of, you know, ambassador or even uh, uh, get their stories involved. Uh, so, for example, in some markets, uh, we have uh, renovated the pitches in which our legends started their first activities in terms of football. So that there's a highly emotional um, element in there as well. And we can see uh, a huge uplift in terms of um, PR uh, here. So it's, it's a lot about not only... So for us, We understand marketing not only as a, a way to promote our league, but also to giving back. And this is exactly where, you know, all those things come together. We, we, we help the people to have a, a new ground or a renovated ground at a certain place. But obviously we have to, we want to speak about it. So, um, you know, it's, it, it's, uh, it's, it's a win-win-win situation, which uh, because we do not only, you know, try to renovate and build those pitches, we also help to activate them on a weekly or a monthly level either by organizing fire nightlight tournaments or uh, bringing legends, trophies, youth coaches, you name it. Uh, but this is our one of our key elements also going forward to uh, really um, bring uh, football as meant to be across. So clearly this sense of community, this social purpose is really important to Bundesliga activities. I think the clubs also share that. A desire to be seen not just as a football league, but also a force for good is clearly really important. But what happens on the pitch has to be the most important thing Absolutely. Um, when, when thinking about a, a, a sport, any sports league or organization. And I want to talk about the dominance of FC Bayern. You know, it's 32 Bundesliga titles that FC Bayern has. No other Bundesliga club has yet arrived at 10. FC Bayern has won the last 10 consecutive um, titles. Is that a good thing for the Bundesliga? Um, <laughs> I would say yes and no. At the same time, because obviously the dominance of Bayern is uh, very strong. But if you look at the Europe and on a European level, the dominance of Bayern is pretty much uh, as strong as in the Bundesliga. Maybe not in terms of winning titles, but in terms of uh, you know making it to the quarterfinals. There's no other club, no English club, no Spanish club, having qualified for more 
quarterfinals in the Champions League in, in the past years than, than Bayern. So, which also speaks for, I think, for itself. Obviously, sometimes it, uh, it, it helps to have maybe a, a couple of more uh, uh, national champions. But I think the, uh, the, the current era of the Bayern is very strong. And I think that's something for us, it's much more important to, um, let's say, if, if you look at our strategy going forward, it's not about weakening our, our uh, Bayern. It's much more about strengthening the others and trying to uh, help them to, to make up and push Bayern uh, in order to even uh, you know, develop further. I hosted a panel a few years ago, um, which included uh, Stefan Menerich, the uh, director of media at FC Bayern, and, and Martin Demichelis, obviously a you know, former player there. And I was amazed that they both said they desperately wanted other clubs to improve. And it was kind of what you're saying then. They weren't saying, you know, Bayern has to drop down and then we can have a competitive league. They were saying we desperately want other clubs to compete. And they were saying, you know, that, um, because without that internationally, um, it's going to be difficult to appeal and attract fans to, to a competitive league. And they also said the stories that that can involve, whether it's fan stories or club stories, are particularly powerful. And um, and they were playing on that. And I was thinking of that this year for two reasons. Firstly, we have a very competitive Bundesliga title race. And I want to get on to Der Klassiker uh, in a minute. But secondly, the story which has captivated the eyes and ears of Europe and probably the world, and that's Union Berlin. It's an amazing story right now. And of course, Pei, I'm sure you can't say that you favor one team versus another or you want one team to do particularly well versus others. How are you using the story of Union Berlin this season to help promote the Bundesliga? If you ask me for a favorite club, it would be a very long story. And it's rather about you know going very down to my hometown uh, club, uh, down to the third league. So it's, uh, it's, uh, this, this is where uh, the, my, my true love lies. But anyhow... Uh, speaking about Berlin, I, I mean, you know, in Berlin, it's, uh, it's 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 amazing what they what they are able to perform on the pitch since they you know made it into the Bundesliga. In addition to that, that off the pitch, uh, it's also amazing what they can deliver and what kind of stories they have. They are definitely one of the one of these stories um, this season, and we see a huge amount of interest in their performances. Um, let's say across the globe, uh, and since we talked about uni clubs, Berlin or Union Berlin released, uh, you know. The, the, the former East German uh, or Eastern German Rebel Club. Uh, this is exactly uh, also the, I think, what, what they are seen or uh, recognized for in Germany, but um, also one of the most fan-centered clubs because, for example, the fans did build their stadium uh, back in the days because uh, Union Berlin, the club itself, you know, couldn't, couldn't afford kind of a renovation. When they rose um, uh, from, from Bundesliga 2, I'm not sure if many people were really convinced that they would stay long. But now they, you know, now they uh, qualified two times in a row for Europe and uh, are even about to qualify maybe for Champions League for next season. So it's very impressive what they can do with very limited resources, with very limited number of people working there and uh, with not a huge, let's say, sports tradition. They have a huge club tradition, but not a huge uh, sports tradition so far. In terms of the demand uh, for, for for stories from Union Berlin, I think international broadcasters and medias are super keen to talk with all players and uh, the, the coaches and the staff. And especially, you know, players like Jordan Sibachu or Cheryl Beggar play a, a huge role for us also to to tell, you know, the story of the of the rebel, trying to uh, break through the dominance uh, of, of the established ones and helps us a lot to get the, the football's mental peace story across because that's exactly uh, what, what we're talking about. But the most important part here is that the club remains obviously rooted in Köpenick, Berlin, uh, and are very, very active in terms of uh, their local community commitment. 
and uh, uh, try to play a, a, a very uh, key role in Berlin and 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 uh, the surroundings. Union and, and as a club definitely helps. Uh, always helps when the club's doing well on the pitch because then uh, you know the demand is high also uh, for the stories uh, around it. I spoke to Christian Arbeit, the communications director. You might have um, come across him or you may well know him very well. He's a, a real character. And, uh, and I just love the way that he talked about it in his story that he was a fan who became the stadium announcer, who became the da -da -da, who suddenly became the communications director. And it just felt like that's a story worth telling. And I'm sure, um, you know, whether you're the club or whether you're the Bundesliga, that's a story that you want to talk about. Alex. It, it couldn't be more authentic in terms of football uh, than Union Berlin. I think everybody working there is a huge fan or a huge uh, follower of the club, but they are not only, you know, huge fans because there are lots of fans around there, but they're also highly professional in what they do. So it's the perfect match, uh, the, the perfect match of getting the right people with the right attitude and the, the right um, professionalism uh, into one place. It's a terrific story, and they could yet finish Bundesliga champions. Pair, you were saying maybe qualify for the Champions League. They could, they could still win it. But I think it's realistic to now say it's probably going to be Bayern or Dortmund. The two clubs are just pulling clear a little bit at the at the top of the Bundesliga. And listener, we are recording this ten days out from Der Klassiker. Uh, there's one point between Dortmund at the top of the league and, and Bayern uh, just behind them. So. There's a lot of media attention. There's a lot of fan attention uh, thinking about this match, partly because it could be the title decider this year, but also just because it is undeniably the match in, in German football. So, Pep, I think it would be interesting to hear your plans for this year and how you're approaching this match, uh, which is coming up on the 1st of April, but also more generally, how big a role does Der Klassiker play in your marketing plans? I mean, you said this is probably undeniable the matchup of uh, in the Bundesliga and there's truth to a certain degree absolutely but we have lots of you know other other uh, rivalries or, or derbies which are also highly relevant and uh, and uh, have uh, you know many many great stories but speaking about the classica uh, something um, which we always look for each season you know uh, twice and uh, this is uh, as you said probably one of the deciding games uh, for the title race this time Uh, I mean, just uh, we're recording this on a Monday, the day after uh, Bayern lost in Leverkusen. And now uh, Borussia Dortmund is one point ahead just before the next game when they face each other, uh, which is a great, uh, I think, consolation for, for, for the Bundesliga. It's, it's, a, it's a very tight title race. And uh, let's see what happens on 1st of April. But looking or speaking about what we do to activate here, similar to... Uh, all the lighthouse events or the lighthouse matches we define uh, during the season, uh, we create a, a small campaign, you know, for all our media partners as well as for our digital and social channels, and combine those uh, digital and social activities and, and the media activities by lots of digital, uh, sorry, by lots of you know experiential marketing activities. So we usually do something between 50 to 80, sorry, or 50 to 100 activities for those matches across the globe, uh, be it, you know, small watch parties up to uh, larger fan experiences in, in certain markets and try to activate this as much as we can with the help of our partners, be it our media partners, be it our content partners, be it our influencer partners. And um, everybody should tell their story about the, the Classica. And uh, we try to get men as much uh, 
of those partners into the stadium as well in order to help them try uh, to soak in the experience and to uh, spread the word uh, of that experience across the globe, as well as as many uh, journalists from all across the globe, uh, help them to, to get bring them to the stadium, bring them to the game and let them let them speak about the experience and let them speak about what's happening on the pitch but also off the pitch in order to uh, make people aware globally that uh, Bundesliga is something which is a brilliant uh, football league and uh, something which is very special. Is there a risk of putting too much emphasis on it as a one-off match? Uh, and I say that partly because it only happens twice a season. So if you're saying this is the match to watch, but you can only watch it twice a season, you're limiting potential viewership. And also partly because... I suppose if it loses prestige for whatever reason, if one of those two clubs were to become less competitive or successful, um, you're left with a bit of a hole. And I don't know if there's a parallel to be drawn here with El Clasico in Spain, which of course, you know, has so much hype around it. And there was Clasico played last night and it has such international viewership and, and, and big audiences. But I wonder if perhaps it sometimes leaves other La Liga matches feeling a little bit less important. And this is exactly what I said. We define 10 to 15 different lighthouse events uh, for each season in which we, uh, or which we activate and which we uh, try to promote as much as we can across the globe and leverage in order to not only tell the story of the Classica, but also tell the story of, you know, specific derbies, be it the, the Rhein Derby, you know, uh, Cologne playing uh, Mönchengladbach or be it uh, Schalke playing Dortmund. You know, all those games uh, which have a huge relevance. I mean, the Berlin Derby, not to even speak of. And um, tell this, those stories and do not only focus on, uh, you know, the two, the two uh, fixtures or the two um, uh, matches when Bayern facing uh, Dortmund or Vice Musa. But I tend to end these podcasts looking forwards and it feels to me like we're at a tipping point in international football or to a certain extent. Um, and on the one hand, you have uh, fans following players idolizing superstars, uh, a piece of skill can break the internet and it might not even even end in a goal, but a, you know, an incredible step over or trick has everyone watching it um, virally and perhaps it becomes more important than what uh, the team is doing or winning a trophy. And that doesn't necessarily feel very Bundesliga. And on the other hand, you have a Gen Z for whom activism and social purpose is increasingly important and they're demanding of brands and clubs and parents and everyone else, um, that they pay attention to that. And that in order to get Gen Z um, advocacy, you have to uh, take that into account. And that does seem to fit with the Bundesliga's fan-led outlook, the 50 plus one uh, rule, et cetera, et cetera. Do you see it that way as well, that it's one side versus another? If so, which side do you think will win? Uh, and how much will this discussion impact on your job in the coming years? Uh, I'm not sure if, if uh, one side or the other will win, but I think uh, one side or the other uh, can very live, uh, should complement each other highly. So if you look, for example, uh, on what we're doing on social, and for me, social is uh, one of the most important currencies when we talk about uh, the impact on Gen Z, Gen Alpha, then we see that, for example, the Bundesliga has by far the highest, uh, for example, let's say likes or reactions on TikTok. Without, you know, all those super big names people would have in mind when they speak about football superstar. When we look at also, you know, the, the engagement rates of all those leagues and including, you know, the most relevant players, 
relatively, we have the highest engagement rates across all those channels. So which says that, you know, we try to, to maybe not on purpose position ourselves against the others and saying we, we try to be, you know, the, the, the last resort of football romanticism. But I think this is just a natural fit of what we're currently doing and try to be as authentic as possible. And what you just mentioned in terms of, let's say, young people looking at the ESG or, you know, sustainability, sustainability strategy of, 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 of the brands they want to um, associate themselves with. Uh, the Bundesliga was also the first league, uh, the first sports league to uh, implement sustainability rules and guidelines in their licensing system. So, for example, if you as a Bundesliga club or Bundesliga 2 club want to qualify for next year's license and to play in the, one of those two leagues, you have to commit to sustainability heavily and uh, try to... Um, Uh, implement a predefined number of activities and projects to fulfill our commitment to uh, help that uh, this earth will uh, stay a little bit longer uh, and uh, that we all and our kids and our uh, grandkids can still, you know, enjoy it as much as we can. And hopefully also football, not only the earth itself. Per Albert, thank you very much for your time. Thanks so much, Alex. It was a pleasure. Pair, if any listeners have enjoyed this and they're intrigued by the Bundesliga and they want to know more, what's the best thing they could do? Just, you know, follow uh, one of our digital social channels and uh, relax, play back and uh, consume and enjoy it as much as they can. Terrific. Thank you, Pear. And thank you, listener. Please make sure you're following this podcast in your preferred podcast platform to not miss out on any of the episodes. All the best. Business Podcast. The most creative minds and innovative thinkers in football.